Welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 94. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons. And as always, I'm joined by the man himself, the one who defies the odds, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mike. What a fast pace, ultra marathon running episode it is today, right? Well, I think you could say it, we're sprinting the marathon here because we have successfully completed our epic Malcolm Gladwell series and we are doing quite a significant pivot. I mean, we are going into a world of resilience and courage. Mark, who are we going to study today? Who are we going to learn out loud with? Oh, we are going into the world of Mr. David Goggins. David Goggins is a chap who's risen up through the ranks in the um, speaking as well as author space, but he's really, really well known, particularly well known for (laughs) his inverted commas, crazy fitness antics and his ability to really push his body to the ultimate limits in the space. He's very, very well known for running ultra marathons. He's well known for ultra distance cycling and get this, Mike. This is something that maybe you and I should try and uh, try and beat one day. <laughs> he holds the record for doing the most pull-ups in 24 hours at 4,030. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, my muscles just get tight thinking about that, but you're absolutely right. This is one tough guy, David Goggins. And uh, he is the only man in history that has completed, and that keyword there, completed training as a Navy SEAL plus Army Ranger, plus Air Force Tactical Air Controller, and he was voted the toughest man in America. Now, all of our listeners are probably thinking, Mike, I didn't think Moonshots was like a gym workout show. And you're right, we're not. What we're about, though, is learning out loud from those who have done amazing things. And what is so powerful about David Goggins and what he writes about in his best-selling book, Can't Hurt Me, is he is all about mastering your mind to defy the odds. And I tell you what, that is absolutely a moonshot's mission. And what's crazy, Mark, what I propose to you is that despite the enormous scale of his physical feats, it's actually all starting, his success all starts with the mind. And that draws huge parallels with so many people we study uh, on the Moonshots podcast and not just athletes, right? Uh, Not just athletes at all. If you think about any of the work from, you know, Simon Sinek and the Infinite Game, Brene Brown and the um, discipline that she was teaching us. I mean, obviously we can go down the Wim Hof route of Mm. channeling and pushing past fear and achieving your best self. But Mike, I mean, a a chap who regularly comes up on the show, I think Elon Musk is a a great example of somebody who pushes past fear and reaches their full potential, right? Totally. So I would argue to you that we can actually draw mental toughness um, and mental fortitude Uh, to the core of not only Elon, but David Goggins, despite the fact that they do very different things in the world, it all starts with mindset, which is such a big part of that Moonshots method. 
This is how we can unlock uh, our true potential. And David Goggins has so much uh, to teach us. And I can't wait to get into the world of David Goggins. Mark, where do you want to start this adventure into mental toughness and fortitude? It's a big show ahead, lots and lots of great clips. So let's start with David Goggins himself telling us a little bit about how he stays in the fight. Like a lot of people say, trying hard. They, your mind knows, man. It knows this guy's bullshitting me, man. This guy's lying. There's no truth behind it. When I was in Navy SEAL training, people go, how were you there for 18 months? The program was only six months long. You were in three hell weeks in one year. No one's ever done that. How did you do that? I talk about the new norm. When I lived in a $7 a month place when I was growing up for a short period of time, I loved it. I didn't know any any different. That was my norm. Once we moved out of that place, we moved to a $236 a month place. I was like, I never want to go back to that little piece of But if you go back to that $7 a month place and you realize this is where I live, this is all I got, your mind says, Roger that, this is home. So when I was going to Navy SEAL training for 18 months and going back through all the hard parts over and over again, I told myself after the first time, I knew it was gonna be a long journey there. My body was breaking down. It was, it was just how it was going on. I said, you know what, this is my new norm. So my mind said, it's like going to work. Like you go to work, you put your suit and tie on, I go into suffering every day. Every day, suffering, being broken, duct taping my feet up, stretch fractures, shin splints, being broken. This is my new norm. And your mind says, if we're not broken, this ain't normal. We gotta be broken. So then your mind starts to get tougher and tougher and more callous. People, how, how did you run on broken feet? Broken, broken shins. My mind knew this is how we operate. We're in, we're in Navy SEAL training. This is what we are. I became hell. And that became my new norm. I gave myself no way out. There was nothing outside these walls of hell. Nothing. I became, I love God, but for a short period of time, I became the devil because that was hell. I became, I became the boss, the owner, the CEO of Navy SEAL training. That was my mindset. And that's how you get through things. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that is some turbocharged talk right there. Um, I just love the, uh, the tenacity, the vibrance of his mental attitude. I mean, you can, you can hear it as he talks, you know, he, he, he is that, that mindset. And that's, for me, there's a power in that. And I think that the first thing that struck me about that, Mark, was just how he just embraced discomfort when most of us kind of just run away from it. I thought that was, it's very interesting pattern that we see. Obviously Joe Rogan uh, does, uh, does talk about that as well, but it's like, I don't know, the difference between David and most of us is that he, when faced with that huge challenge and the discomfort of being in that, he just kept going. And I think there's something really in that. Yeah, I think you're right. This ability that David's calling out to control your mind and conquer any sort of fear or doubt that you have is what enabled him to 
to get through those challenges. So what we're about to hear in this second clip, Mike, is David telling us again, uh, another great little clip, about why he thinks and what he would recommend to do when you and I or any of our listeners are actually struggling to finish our goals. So here's David telling us a little bit about the cold, hard truth of why you can't sometimes stick to your goals. So I got a lot of questions over the holidays. The one major question I got was, how do I finish what I start? I get two weeks into it and then I stop. Well, this is the thing about it. People forget one thing about me. I used to be you. I used to be a fat guy. I got that didn't care much. I got that got D's and F's in school. I got that blamed other people. I got that was under, under mediocre. I wasn't even average. So this is the thing about it. I'm gonna tell you what people don't wanna tell you. Why you stop is because you're lazy. It's because you don't mind getting bad grades in school. It doesn't bother you enough to be mediocre, to be average, to sit around and watch people do great things. You don't mind it. So there's your answer. Your answer is you don't care enough about yourself so you don't stay in the fight. Stay hard. (laughs) The cold hard truth. It really is true. Um, When you think he's using working out as an example or a fitness program, uh, how many times have we all started a new health workout or diet regime and then within two to three weeks we kind of stopped? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's very, particularly in an uncertain world, like we're in now, you know, you, you kind of make, or let's use a uh, new year's Eve, you make your new year's resolution and you start sticking to it. And then suddenly you realize, oh, well, maybe I want something else. Maybe I want to do something else. Mm. And that ability to stay on the, on the tracks kind of veers a little bit, doesn't it? And ultimately it's not down to those around us. It's not down to anything other than your mindset your mind focusing on those tracks is what keeps you moving in that direction. Maybe sticking to an exercise goal, maybe eating well, or maybe practicing um, meditation or reading books or whatever it might be that Mm. you want to Mm. stick to and create a new habit. You know, going back to our habit series, Mike, it's just sticking to it. It's that mindset Mm. discipline to, to apply yourself. And that all starts with your brain. What do you think it's like for for most people? Do you think most people just encounter what we're talking about that they're just like, oh, too much. Oh, I'll just sleep in this morning or I'll, I'll cut a few corners here. Do you think it's just most of us that have just got laziness inside of us and it's the question of whether we want to overcome it or not? Well, for, for me what limits my ability to stick to goals or objectives or ambitions or whatever it might be. Um, maybe it's getting up in the morning, going for a run, whatever it is. Actually, it's, it's more about the present versus the long-term vision. So if I'm lying in bed and I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to have to deal with this problem today, it's very, very tempting to just stay in your cocoon your safety net, your area of feeling comfort and not having any challenges or issues around you. But actually, when you 
step back, or maybe you fast forward two weeks and you look back to it, you probably won't even remember that morning, that moment, because mm. in the long-term um, goal, in the long-term vision, those small little moments, actually, they're not going to be something that you're going to look back at and remember as being pivotal. Instead, when you overcome those challenges or overcome that particular problem that maybe you're facing or maybe you're avoiding, mm. that's when it becomes a, a life maybe moment. And I think what, you know, Goggins is, is calling out here is, you know, the cold, hard truth. You've got to be a little bit um, strict here. You know, you've got to remember, no, no, I've got to get up because of that long-term vision, because of achieving your goal is only going to happen. Mm. You go and do it yourself. That's right. That's right. It's, um, it's so interesting just to kind of uh, reflect a little bit on how laziness is something that confronts us all. And what is really exciting about the clips that we've got to come is it's going to really show us how we can wrestle with the, the, the laziness gremlin, uh, this, this monster that gets in between us and our goals. And I think that's what's so exciting about breaking down David Goggins and really thinking through how mindset can overcome some really amazing challenges. Challenges that you may have thought you were totally incapable of overcoming, but with the power of the mind and the use of your mindset, you can do amazing things. And we've seen this everywhere. It's amazing. We saw it with Michael Jordan, Serena Williams, Simon Sinek, even Elon Musk. They all subscribe to the power of mindset. And what David Goggins does, total army style, he gives it to us in such a clear, digestible, highly highly energized. I reckon he had a few Red Bulls uh, <laughs> for some of these clips. But that's what's on offer today. So I can't wait to get into understanding the power of the mind, how to build resilience, and what it takes really to be the best version of ourselves. But, Mark, before we go there, uh, I want to propose to you We've been talking a lot about how David Goggins uh, talks about themes that relate to some of the other innovators that we've studied. So where do all of our listeners go if they want to dig up some of our back catalogue, if they want to leave a rating or a review? Where should they go, Mark? You can find all of our previous 93 shows covering many of the innovators that we've already mentioned, as well as Lady Gaga, Steve Jobs. Zaha Hadid, you've got uh, well, 93 individuals that, you know, I'd have to take an entire episode to call them all out. <laughs> you can find all of those on www.moonshots.io as well as your podcasting software of choice. And if you yes. can check it out and you like what you hear, you enjoy the process of learning out loud with myself and Mike, please do leave us a review. Please do leave us a rating because we love not only reading the thoughts and inputs from our listeners, but it's great when we can start seeing the show appearing in some of the other charts, Mike. Yeah, it's it's so cool to see us popping up in places like the Philippines or Moldova or Latvia or some of the classics, some of the Nordics, uh, France, the UK. Um, we're really, really so excited to welcome all of our new listeners to the to the family here at the Moonshots podcast. And uh, I really just encourage you, uh, we love making the show. We love learning out loud. 
but we do encourage you in return, if you could just jump into your podcast app, give us a rating or a review because that helps more people discover the show and so we can help them learn out loud with us as we try to be the very best version of ourselves. And talking about being the best version of yourself, it seems to me like David's onto something that this is all about mindset. This is all about how you use your brain. And he has a little rule for us. So let's have a listen to this very powerful rule from David Goggins. I believe that most human beings are only living at about 40% of their capability. So the mind has a governor, like a car. If you're driving a car and the car has a governor on it, the car may say 130 miles an hour, but the governor's set for 91. Once that governor sets in, you get to 91, that car starts doing this. The car wants to go. The car wants to go, but that factory said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going past 91. We have a factory, a nice governor in our brain, and it's a survival mechanism. It protects us from pain and suffering. The second we feel that, our mind says, oh, no, this isn't fun. We should back off. We should sit down, find something more comfortable. And there's something about the mind. The mind has the tactical advantage over you at all times. At all times of your life, the mind has a tactical advantage over you. Why is that? It knows what you're afraid of. It knows your insecurities. It knows your deep, dark lies. And it starts to push you away from that. It pushes you in a direction that is comfortable. The mind controls everything. So what I realized was that when I was growing up and I was 300 pounds and I got all fat and I got all insecure, I realized that my mind kept taking me in this direction. When things got uncomfortable for me, when I was facing my insecurities, I was facing my fears, my mind said, oh no, we have a tactical advantage. We need to get you, separate you from this feeling. This feeling over your life is all about feelings. We want the happy feeling. We don't want that feeling of this sucks. Why am I here? So you can't answer those questions, so you leave. I started realizing that if in that moment you can answer those questions and you are now in charge of your brain versus your brain ruling you, that's where all that stuff comes from. So the 40% rule is all of that. You get to 40%, your brain says, we're done. Let's roll, man. This is starting to get painful. This is uncomfortable. So you sit down. It's a habit. So if you know that at 40% I'm feeling pain, at 40% I'm feeling pain, that's where the 40% rule kicks in. Now it starts, okay, I'm I'm feeling pain, my mind's saying get out of here, run, flee, the fight or flight kicks in. Okay, we're done, we're not good enough. It starts telling you all these things, you start to believe it, because the mind controls all. This is the time where you have to gain control back of your mind. And say, okay, let me see if I can go 45%. And once you start giving yourself more and more hope and start realizing, okay, the mind starts to be, okay, what are you doing? We're supposed to be going right and you're going left. You start then controlling your mind, start finding more in yourself. And then it goes from 40% to a lot further than that. But that's the start of it though. Get to the spot where your mind is saying, stop. Wherever that is, you got to get there first. And then that's when that starts to work for you. You got to control yourself in that moment. That is such a big lesson. And it's something that, for me at least, Mike, I do struggle with. I often Mm. find myself uh, blocked by my own, you know, confidence or 
anxieties that, that come up and stop me from being the best version of myself um, in a minute or a day or a week, whatever it is. And mm. now, you know, digging into to Goggins and I, I love the visualization of it being kind of like a limiter um, or a governor, as he calls it, on your car. Mm. It, it, it sort of stops you being able to go that much faster. Um, you know, the brain is trained to protect you from suffering. And I think when you do have uncomfortable moments at work or life, you know, that's, that's that right. is your brain sort of kicking in and saying, no, 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 let's avoid this. But I love this incremental training that, that David Goggins is calling out to us. A little bit like yes. Wim Hof when, when, with the breathing and the cold water, actually. But yeah, we can just train ourselves little by little to, to get that further, to go harder, to put up with more more challenges mm. and, and, you know, as Gladwell was telling us, um, you know, think of difficulties as desirable to train your mind. Yes. This for me, this is a great lesson. This is a big one. For me. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I want to go into that and try and break it down with you a bit and see if we can get the DNA of the 40% rule. I think to build on what you just said, what Goggins is saying is, when you approach the limit, it is natural for your mind to be triggered into a state of flight, a state of fear, because discomfort means, well, your natural instinct would be to avoid discomfort. So let's say it's uh, studying hard. Let's say it's working out, uh, whatever it is, uh, your you're, it's it's natural and very normal to experience this this flight, this aversion to discomfort. And I think what, as I try to embrace Goggins-like thinking, he's saying that's totally natural. But what you need to do is to really confront the fact and accept the fact that it's a normal response that you don't have to listen to. He's saying that there's a different. Uh, path. And that path is to say, great. Uh, it's starting to be uncomfortable. I'm starting to feel really tired. And although I'm getting signals to stop because it's uncomfortable, remember why I'm doing this. And remember that it's natural to have the temptation to stop. Um, but remember that it's natural to have that and just almost develop a habit of, of let's say, let's use his 40% limiter. Just say, okay, well, today I'll just go to 41 and I'll push through that discomfort. And if you do those increments over time before you know it, you'll be at 50% and so on and so forth. So I think what he's saying is when we get to these moments, use the power of the mind to say, hey, it's uncomfortable, it's hurting. I'm tired. I want to stop studying. I want to stop working. I want to stop writing. But he's saying, know that that is a moment where you can choose to push through and to accept that, you know, when we feel discomfort, Mark, I think we naturally, we don't actually consciously process it. We subconsciously just stop because it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think what he's, what he's calling out here is, is exactly combating that, isn't it, Mike? So notice it, recognize it, and choose, make your own choice to push through it. That's right. That's right. 
I, I think really when we decode him, he is like uh, giving us the permission to acknowledge that flight or the avoidance of discomfort is totally normal. But he's saying, you know, you don't have to listen to that. Mm. Which, which is a, a, a challenge that, um, you know, even recently, Mike, within the last six months of the strange scenarios that, you know, we've, we're all living in, as well as, you know, having lots of work on the plate. That's something that I think um, our listeners, but, but I'll call out myself particularly, have, you know, been challenged with. And mm. I think this incremental um, challenge to ourselves and this recognition and awareness um, is something that that actually is 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 quite practical. It's a little bit of a a little bit of a mindset shift, um, but mm-hmm. actually it's something that I feel like I could practice day to day. Yep, we'll dig into Goggins's techniques a little bit. In the show as well, but for me, that I want to come back to this. <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. this is something that I could try and challenge myself at, at pushing and being exposed to more day to day. Yes, and I think if if you can accept and be comfortable that you're responding to discomfort and hardship and wanting to stop it, but you can almost use the power of the mind to reverse the decision and say, no, it's cool. I choose to push through. And I think this is at the heart of it. So what's great now is we're going to start moving towards some of the habits and the techniques and the behaviors to do this, but it all starts with the mind. So let's have a listen to David Goggins putting us in control. Your brain is the most powerful weapon in the world. Once you put away your phones and your computers and all that we have nowadays, yeah, that's great. We're up to date, we, you know, you, but your brain is the only thing you have when you're going through depression, when, you, when you're going through hard times, when you're going through death, real life shit. You can't Google that, man. You're alone. You're alone. You may have a shrink you're going to, you may have a best friend you're going to, but there's 24 hours in the day where you're alone in this brain and your brain is talking to you in all kinds of ways and it wants to control you and pull you in these different pockets. If you can't control your own brain and your brain controls you, you're f- You got to tell your brain where you want to go and how you want to go and how you want to get there. You got to control it. If not, it's over. The one thing you have in adversity is your brain. So you might as well train it like a muscle. Right. You want to run faster, right. you go for a run and train your legs. If you want to lift heavier weights, you go to the gym, bench some, bench press some, some, some iron, right? I think where Goggins is going with this is, okay, well, when you be prepared for those difficult times by focusing your mind and training it, right? Totally. And I think that, you know, you might not control things happening around you, but you can control how you respond. And I think the, the, the classic thing right now is we will know people. We might even be able to see this in ourselves that throughout uh, this sort of 2020 uh, craziness, some people have maybe given up a little bit, right? Mm. Uh, their response to conditions that they don't control maybe 
they, uh, you know, got a bit loose on the diet. Maybe they just got into cruise control at work, whatever. Um, others, on the other hand, may have said, well, okay, what can I kickstart? Well, I am going to choose to respond to the environment. Although I don't control those factors, I control my response. And that starts with how you think. It's almost to me like what's so amazing is mindset is the one thing we have total control of. But just like the body, the mind needs exercise, it needs practice, it needs um, it needs a good workout in order to be strong. Uh, yet what the irony is, Mark, is I think how little we actually spend that time on our mind, getting our mindset right. Mm. I think it's a. I think it's amazing if you think about a comparison between our our normal lives and that of elite athletes. It is so obvious what elite athletes are doing, both physically, mentally, and emotionally, to win at the highest levels. Yet. When we look at ourselves, how much time do we allocate for mindset training? How much time do we um, go to the mindset gym and get ourselves ready for whatever thing we're trying to do, whatever goal, vision, or mission we're on? How much time do we really spend on it? And I think the the thing that Goggins taps into and a lot of self-improvement gurus are really doing is in all of their unique ways saying, spend some time on the mind because the dividend is the greatest because you have complete control. It's the one thing, as Goggins is telling us, that you can control, you know, in that situation of seeing all the stress or whatever it is, you're alone. You won't have your phone. You, can, you can't always Google a particular problem that you've got, right? I, mm-hmm. I think this is such a valuable, practical um, tip and, and again, I just feel like it's bang on the money <laughs> from where we've visited with some of our other innovators, you know, training, mm. mind, being disciplined, seeing the wood through the trees, as they say, um, mm-hmm. in order to be that best self, in order to, to achieve your goals and objectives. So big. But, but how, yeah. do, how do we get there, Mike? Well, one of my favorite practices that I've adopted, one of my uh, favorite go-tos for clearing the mind and having, I always think about trying to be as crisp as I can about my objectives, not only for the day, but where am I, where am I going, what do I need to improve upon, um, and making sure that this package of of thinking and effort ladders up to my to my goals, to my real vision, the legacy that I want to live. And so if we want to be something great in life and we want to realize our true potential, the beauty of this mindset that we get from David Goggins is it can start with something every morning. And let's have a listen to David Goggins talking about one of my personal favorites, journaling. Well, I want to I want to pivot a little bit and talk about the takeaways here for for the reader. I mean, we talked about 
um, the accountability mirror a little bit. Uh, we talked about visualization and taking souls. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about how uh, journaling has been instrumental in this journey that you've been on. Yeah, so basically I've been journaling now for several years. And I, I should have brought my journal with me, man. I mean, I have several of them. I have these little green military notebooks that I've, I've kept. I actually put a couple in the, in the book there, coming right out. But I write down my day. And what I do is I go back and study that day. Like sometimes I might, I might get sick. I might be overtrained. I might um, gain a couple pounds here. I might feel whatever. That, and I, it's like my accountability journal of what I'm doing with my mm-hmm. life, physical, mental. Um, I, had, I had an eating journal, all this shit. And it helps me go back to, once again, study. I'm a lab rat. And I study myself. And I'm, like when I'm feeling fucked up, I go, okay, what did I do last week? And usually I can find out where I messed up last week, you know, how much I'm traveling, how much I'm sleeping, how much I'm doing all this stuff. And, and through journaling, man, you can really figure out so much about where you're messing up in life and what you need to fix about yourself. Taking constant inventory. Constant. Being honest about that. And that's the thing about you cannot put bullshit in there. Yeah. It's got to be a real, a real journal about, hey, today I messed up here. Today I should have been a better person here and not just saying it but actually trying to fix it tomorrow. Do you extend that accountability to including, like bringing in like a close circle of, of friends and mentors so they know what's going on? Or are you just accountable to yourself? Like if somebody's looking at this and saying, well, I can do that, but how do you feel about letting others in on your goals and, and, and having like external pressure to hold you accountable? No, there's no external pressure. That's that's. Well, that's you don't need it. My, no, you no. know what I mean. But I think other people. Oh yeah, other, yeah. It, no, it's important to have circles. It's important to have like like I talk about, man. Like like that big rabbit hole of, of bad people that you want to get away from. Like if you're a drunk and you want to stop drinking, you gotta get away from those people. You want to build this nucleus around you of people who are saying it's not okay to sleep in today. We gotta get after it. Hey, let me see your journal. You're supposed to be running five miles today. You only ran three. You got to have those people. Some people need those people. Mm. And it's important. But you want to get to the point in your life, it's real important that you hold yourself accountable and those people start to fade away because you now got it. You want to be that person because they're not always going to be there to hold your hand. So I'm someone who's always been a fan of, you know, somebody who keeps a journal. But mm-hmm. I can't say I have. I've, I've always desired it and I've always seen, and I love hearing clips of our innovators when they do talk about it. And mm. as our listeners know, Mike, we've spoken about it a few times as well. But I really see the value of journaling coming through with, with Goggins' message of staying accountable and learning from yourself, this, this mm. like constant inventory of yourself. Mm. Like how do how do you how do you best use your journaling time? What's your what's your um, process? Yeah. So so look, I think um, if if I, let's say I'm talking to you as uh, someone who would like to journal, um, and how would I? What would I say to you to convince you um, to journal? I would say that the the overall benefit of journaling 
is it is a forum to get the voice in your head to get it out. It's a detox. It's a cleanse, man. And the we all have these conversations in our head, oh, this was good, that was bad, I wish, I want, perhaps, maybe, why, what, who, what, when, all of those sorts of things. Just get it out. This is a purging. Now, what's really interesting once you've done You've got to this first step of just getting it out of your system. What we all know is when you get it out of your system, often as you're forced to write something down, it forces you to ask a question, what am I really thinking? Because you can be vague and abstract in your mind, but you can't be. It's very Writing is very binary. It's black and white. You have to write down the thought. And what I often find is sometimes my thought is not that clear. So I'm like, oh hang on, what am I actually, what's really bugging me here? Or what am I really pushing for here? Or what am I really, what did I do that was uh, so good? What am I trying to capture as a learning? So there's two parts to journaling. It's just a detox of the mind. Um, And secondly, the thoughts that are in your mind get better because you're forced to write it. So the following day, your thinking will be crisper because you went through a process of writing it down. It's just the same as when you have to present something, you often get a lot clearer in it because you're like, I want to do a great presentation. I want to communicate. I want to share this idea. So you polish up the thinking a little bit. Now, here's the next thing. When you journal often and consistently, it, it just compounds in a beautiful way. And I actually noticed that when I haven't journaled on a day, I actually feel some uh, something's missing. And I'll tell you why. I think, uh, well, first of all, have I made a good case for journaling? Mark, as you listen to this, are you like, oh, geez, yeah, I really, I mean, are there questions that still remain? Well, just as, a, as an observation, I, I do have a, yeah. a question on practicality, actually, but because I, wa- I want to hear, Mike, I want to learn how I can begin doing it today. I yeah. mean, for me, it sounds really, really valuable. And this idea of cleansing, it kind of reminds me when I talk about an idea or a problem with you or any of my colleagues, mm. it, it helps because the whole act of just explaining it out loud, sometimes I can, I can see the, the consistent thread. I can see the answer. Alternatively, mm. by saying it out loud and making it real, it gets it out of your head. So I see, mm-hmm. the, I'm really, really seeing the value of, of doing it privately, staying accountable and, um, you know, channeling any of those, those thoughts and, and so on. So Mike, do you, do you use your computer? Do you do it by hand? Sounds like David Goggins has his little green, green army books. What, what, what's your method? Well, so, so now you're onto the how, okay? So we, we successfully have given you, we've closed the deal on, on why you should do it. It's a detox, it's a cleanse, and your thinking gets better. So how do you do it? For me, it's, it's classic habit design. Make it insanely easy. If you want to write it in a small book that you can carry around with you, do that. I have uh, an app called Drafts. Um, I also have another app called IA Writer. Both of these two apps have uh, OS X and iOS versions for iPad, iPhone. 
So no matter where I am and which device I have, if I want to write my diary, my journal, it's synced on the cloud and it's there everywhere. This for me is essential. If you have none of those things, you still can get enormous value by just sitting down with pen and paper and writing out your thoughts. I like to make it easy. The next thing is I like to do it every morning and I do it critically before I look at any email Mm. because this is me time. And I ask myself two questions. How do I feel about yesterday and what am I going to do today? Now, the important thing for me is how do I feel frustrated, proud, delighted, grateful, and why? And I really take some time to capture good or bad, what's at the heart of that? And then by naturally just saying, well, what am I going to do today? If there's just one thing I get done today, what does that thing look like? It's a really good jump off for for the morning. And I will do this before email. It'll be generally before sunrise. And this will be my time making a promise to myself about trying to be that little bit better today. You've convinced me, Mike. You've got me. Get writing, Mark. Get writing. Well, look, <laughs> but yeah. hang on. Finish finish the show first. Then, then you can get journal. Exactly, exactly. I mean, the, look, fundamentally, the only thing that would block me doing it, it's me. It's myself. You know, if yeah. it, that, I can't blame okay. anybody else. So there you go. I'm in. So, <laughs> okay. So I'll give you another cheat. If you're really new to this, just write one word, one emotion that describes how you feel about yesterday. If you do that every morning or if you prefer journal at night, just write a word describing how you feel about the day. Oh, nice. That's a good tip. I mean, we can all write one word, right? I mean, there's nothing easier. Nothing easier than writing down that word. Okay, that's how it'll start. I'll start today. Okay, good. Just a word, just a word. All right, so we've got an amazingly powerful practice, journaling, which is all about taking control of your mind and pushing through that 40% rule. This is the architecture of David Goggins' thinking. It is so powerful. And the great news for all of our listeners is we've still got clips to go. We are going to bring to that mental side of the game, we're going to bring some resilience, some strength. And this, let me tell you, if you are not excited yet, wait for these clips because we got some real goodies coming. I think, Mark, it would only be uh, appropriate that we blend the power of the mind with resilience. I think you've got a couple of clips there. Where should we kick off our resilience, uh, the, the, the last lap home here? How are we going to build resilience? How are we going to bring home the power of the mind? Well, in the previous couple of clips, we've heard about David Goggins talking about the tactical advantage of your mind. If you can train it, you can use it. If you can listen to it and overcome those fears, anxieties, you can use it for positiveness, for affirmations, for going out there and being incredible today. So this first clip that we've got in in our resilience areas of David Goggins is don't avoid using your mind. Don't avoid the tactical advantage of it. And actually, remember that suffering sometimes makes you grow up. 
Dude, I got choked out 10 years ago that I think about sometimes when I'm lifting. I'll be tired and I'll think about a guy who caught me 10 years ago. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, oh. I just. That's yeah. what's great about life, man. Yeah. Is I think about not being choked out, but I think about a lot of shit like that. Yeah. Little I'm failures dick, yo, that just keep you pushing. They grind on me like a motherfucker, man. And that's what you were talking about earlier, too. It's like the, 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 the mind has these reserves. Ooh. You can trick it and pull them out. Yes. These inspirational reserves like you did. When when you when you guys were going through buds, yes, we just found that trigger, and then all of a sudden you're throwing that boat in the air. The mind always has the tactical advantage over you. Why is that? It knows your fears. Yeah. It knows your insecurities. It, it knows where they're hiding. Can't hide. From Can't hide from that motherfucker, man. <laughs> that motherfucker has a tactical advantage on you, son. It's going to get you, man. It's a beast. That might be your best lesson, right? That your mind... Your mind knows everything. You cannot hide from it, so don't ever try. Don't try. You might as well go ahead and beat that motherfucker up. You got to keep going at it. That's also what you did in this book. You didn't try to, like paint yourself in a glamorous or flattering way at any no. point in time. You are honest at every step of the way, which I think is just gigantic for people, too, because you can tell when someone's stroking themselves or right. bullshitting themselves, and the message just won't come through. Right. But this, you're, you come through in this book, you know, like you, who you are and what you became and how you became who you are and who you used to be and why you were the way you used to be. All that comes through. It's like there's no filter. This is just your, your thoughts, like your, you, what you remember about your life and what you think about right now just all comes out onto the pages. Hardest thing I've done my entire life. I'm imagining. I have fucking, I don't know how many people are buy this book. Then the, I walk up to people, people walk up to me. I'm like, what are you thinking about, motherfucker? Are <laughs> you thinking about me peeing in the bed? Nothing? <laughs> you fucking ass. <laughs> what are you thinking about? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I know, right? Like, you like. What are you, you thinking about, man? You open it up all. Yeah, you know all about me. Hey, how about you, motherfucker? <laughs> Tell me something about you. <laughs> that's what people love, right? When they know some shit about you yeah. and you don't know nothing about yeah, them. I that's, know nothing about nobody. That's anonymous troll. That's it, man. And they, so, and they get at me. They come. Oh, there's a lot of those. But that, they're all doing that to themselves. They don't even understand. When you do that, you're doing it to yourself. Right. If you are attacking someone because you know that they have a weakness, but you're pretending you don't mm-hmm. have one, you are attacking yourself. You are chipping away at your own personal sovereignty. You're, so you're true. You're chipping away at your own respect. So true, man. You can't respect yourself. No. You know you're a pussy. You're but talking shit. But that's what shit. happened, though, Joe, to yes. me. I start looking at people realizing... I know something about you <laughs> because they don't want to talk about it. Right. I already know it. Yeah. If you're talking shit about me. Yeah. I know you're fucked up. Yeah. That's why all these cats that come out right now who don't like me, or whatever. I'm like, really, man, that should happen 30 fucking years ago, 15 years ago. You still, you're still fucked up about that. Oh man. I know something about you, brother. See, yeah. I get over everything. I'm good. It's, it's water under the fucking bridge. The grind. It's the the, the, the grind, grind does squeezes that. It That's out. it. You're not grinding hard enough. If, if you're worried about something that someone did to you years ago, you're being a pussy to yourself, man. You're not getting out there and squeezing that fucking soul out every day. Yeah. If you grind hard, man, I ain't got time to worry about your monkey ass. I ain't got time to worry about you, man. Because tomorrow, I got to go back to the grind. And tomorrow, I go back to the grind again and again and again and again. I don't have time to put you into the hate bank. There's no hate. It's all filtered out, man, through the grind. People don't get it. There's, there's great joy in the grind. Great joy in the suffer. It's, it totally cleanses your body out, man, of any kind of hate. It makes you grow up. 
It makes you grow up. Joy in the suffering. Man, that is like getting to this place that he is talking about where you can be brutally frank and you are prepared to grind it out. Uh, don't, Don't fall for what others have to say. Grind it out because the more resilient you are, you are literally turbocharging your personal resilience and your growth. Uh, To me, I think we just got a very deep look inside of how David Goggins has achieved the most remarkable things. So think about this. The only man in history to complete Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, Air Force Tactical Air Controller training. Fittest man on the planet. Also has a New York Times bestseller that he wrote, right? This is pretty remarkable stuff. The funny thing is he said writing the book was the hardest thing. Mark, to me, this is one huge uh, spotlight on stick to the plan, stay the course, don't give up. It's very, very powerful. I, I totally agree. And to build on that, this this joy in the grind, again, this is something that Gladwell in the Gladwell series was, was telling us. If you can change your mindset and think about difficulties being desirable and an opportunity to learn and, and evolve and become a better, maybe stronger version, then that's fantastic. And this next clip is David Goggins, again, coming back to us and and going into this daily grind, the value of maybe sticking to writing his book, which I, uh, it's amazing to mm-hmm. him. That was the most difficult thing he's ever done. Uh, this is David Goggins, again, telling us about the grind and how we've got to adapt and overcome to survive. What existed for me was, okay, man, how am I going to make this work? And, I, and all I knew back then was hard work. The only way anything gets accomplished that's all I heard back in those days. You got to work hard. You got to work hard. I'm not getting how to, I can't get this paragraph. I can't remember what the f- in this paragraph to pass this test to get in the military. Read again. Still not getting it. Read again. But if you're not getting it, write it out. And that's how I started learning. Okay, well, I can't, I got to write out everything I do. And then write it out again. And write it out again. And guess what happened? I got it. I got it. I can't swim. I'm negative buoyant. Go back again. I can't swim. Go back again. Go back again. Go back again. I got it. I realize if I keep going back and going back and going back until the sh- just becomes, your mind was safe. Okay, we're going to figure it out because he is not going to stop. It's not like I'm going to try one more time. No, I'm going to, it's just like, Alarm clock goes off, boop, we're going back. I can't read right, we're going back. I gave myself no way out, and my mind realized that. They said, okay, we're going to adapt and overcome now. Adapt and overcome. Like this, I think if if you're being resilient and you're sticking to it, the next thing that comes on top of that, you've got the right mindset, you're sticking to it, continual adaption, uh, I always think about tweaking and and trying and experimenting. Uh, for example, my every time I'm going for a really big run, I'm thinking about 
different uh, hydration techniques, different food to have more stamina and endurance. Like I'm constantly playing with it. When I, I try and take that spirit to everything I do, like just to adapt and find ways around it. How do you, how do you embody that adaptive mindset? Um, by, by learning, um, taking a lesson from each of our innovators each week, actually. Um, <laughs> my, my, my adaption, I think, is trying to absorb as much as I can from each of our, our focuses, each of our episodes. So, for example, that clip just then reminds me of Nicholas Taleb and Anti-Fragile. You know, you've got to be excited about being uncomfortable because it's a chance to learn. This resilience um, comes from being uncertain. And when you, when you sort of rechange or rewire your mind towards the hardship and thinking about it as a great opportunity, that for me is this test and learn. That for me is the way that I'm trying to adapt by you know, rewiring my natural responses, I guess, to, to certain challenges and hardships and so on. Yeah, totally, totally. And, and I love the, I love the, um, the competitive uh, nature in me is I love trying different techniques, uh, running in different shoes, different, like whatever it takes uh, to beat the time, uh, to learn more things uh, in how to build great products. Uh, whatever I'm, I'm working on, I, I love that. And I just try and turn it into a game, you know, um, to adapt, to use different techniques. That's why this show is such a delight to do because I feel like together you and I are just getting more inputs on how to, you know, do things a little bit better. And that's kind of fun, right? It is fun. It's, it's learning from our listeners. It's learning from our innovators that we cover, these authors, these, these sports individuals, these uh, big psycho uh, analytical thinkers, you know, it's, it's great fun. It's a perfect opportunity to, to then take the lessons from our shows and try and apply them to work, Mike. You know, like you say, as you're running, you're thinking about different ways of hydration, maybe different shoes in order to push yourself that bit further. I like to think that, that hopefully our listeners are, are listening to us learning out loud together and getting inspired themselves. Maybe they're taking some of the lessons and the tips that they're hearing from our listeners, uh, our focus is such as David Goggins and beginning mm. to put them into their own working lifestyle. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think that uh, it is only appropriate that we have one more clip that really speaks to the essence of David Goggins. Um, there is this enormous courage and resilience to write books to be a Navy SEAL and so much more. And I think this last, this final clip kind of is David in a nutshell. So let's have a listen for the last time to David Goggins. People hear my story and think this guy is sadistic. I realize how the, how the brain works. I figured out how the brain works. I, I'm a scared kid. And that's what gives me so much power. I had no foundation and I built this off of just researching the mind. The feeling you get is basically invincibility. You realize that you can't do it all the time. 
when you need to do it, I know I can go to a place that I can live in. And when you know that you can run on broken legs and you can do certain things that a lot of people can do, but they're not willing to do, this power, this sympathetic nervous system of fight or flight and you're fighting, it, it gives you this charge of energy of when you're sitting there at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning and you're duct taping your feet up because they're broken and you're doing it by yourself and you're going through arguably one of the hardest training in the world and these guys, most of them are healthy and you're going through it broken and you are at a disadvantage but you're still there you can feed into that and tap into that for a lot of power but if you look at it, well, I'm broken, man like I'm not going to make it. But if you look at it as, man, I'm broken and I'm still here. And I'm fighting. And I'm going to find a way to get through this. Because I have no other place to go. It gives you a lot of power. When things start to suck really, really bad, my brain and a lot of people's brain, they, they don't go to your dad beating you up. Your brain says, we got to get the out of here. This is miserable. So anger goes away a lot of times when you're suffering because your brain just says, we got to run, we got to go. So that anger is not popping up saying, oh, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show those people. No, there has to be a much deeper. When I say deeper, it has to be down to mineral, mineral soil. It has to be down to that nice mineral soil where nothing can burn. You can't burn dirt. So it has to be down that low that literally is something in you that's at the core of your soul. And, but, you, but you don't find it unless you spend a lot of time with what you want to be in life. You, I, I can't give that to you. Right. You can't give it to somebody. When, when you find your true passion in life, and my passion for me when like, oh, I want to be, I don't give a Navy SEALs, Army, I don't give a shit. I want to serve my country. I cared about, I want to be someone that I'm proud of. Use the energy that comes through discomfort, challenge, disadvantage, and use that energy to make it your advantage. It's in your power to go out and harness it and use it in a different way that instead of it being a negative impact on you, it's something that benefits your, your growth as well as your ability to deliver work. I think this is a, mm. what, what a clip to end on from, from David Goggins. Yeah, and what a gift. Like just use at the essence of his thinking is if you're still here, that's a positive rather than it hurts and I want to give up. No, it hurts and I'm still here. That is power. That's the turning point for everything in his thinking. It's hurting, it's uncomfortable, but I'm still here. How powerful is that, Mark? Oh, that's so good. I'm oh. still here and what a, what a confidence boost. Next time I'm in a problem or a challenge and I think, okay, but remember, I'm here. I can still keep my feet on the ground and keep moving forward. That's ownership. That's, yep. that's what it's all about. Totally. So what was, what's been the most surprising thing about David Goggins for you, Mark? We've gone very deep in a very big turn from Malcolm Gladwell. What, what has really stuck out uh, for you as we've gone 
into this journey of someone who has, uh, you know, the fittest man in America. The, the practicality that, that David Goggins is calling out. Obviously, we, we didn't delve into how he achieved 4,000 pull-ups. <laughs> you know, we That's the next show. That's the next show. <laughs> but because we don't necessarily need to, by digging into his mindset and digging into the discipline as well as the awareness that he has of his own mind, I think that's, it's given us the answer. It's given us mm. the answer as to how he was able to be in the um, U.S. Armed Forces, the SEALs, as well as the air, air traffic controller. He was able to go for 24 hours of pull-ups because he had conquered his mindset. For me, the big lesson, the big takeaway is that if he can do it, I can do it. Our listeners can do it. We've all, we're all in control of our own minds and our brains and our approach to things. And I think what David Goggins is calling out here is go and harness it today and you'll start to see improvement straight away. So that's, that's the big lesson for me. The brain is in my command. Exactly. Well said. Well said. Well, Mark, listen, thank you for sharing this, you know, turbocharged, high adrenaline, uh, you can't hurt me mindset. Uh, it's been pretty, pretty intense, right? Yeah, that's been a good show. It's been a nice um, little bit of a sidestep from a lot of the um, recent shows. You know, we were digging into Nicholas Taleb. We dug into Malcolm Gladwell, the author series. It was very interesting to um, break that up a little bit and, and hear from an mm. old marathon runner. What fun. I know. What, what an incredible guy David Goggins is. And uh, the next series we're coming, we have coming up is a huge one. Uh, we are going to go into the world of Tim Ferriss. And I can tell you that when I first read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, I, it changed a lot for me in my life. And I cannot wait, Mark, to get into Tim Ferriss. How are you feeling about going to one of the kings of self-improvement? Um, what do you think about Tim Ferriss? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I know him from, um, um, you know, listening to him in the past. I'm excited to, to really hear from you, Mike, actually. I'm excited to explore him with you. I know you're a huge advocate of his work, so I can't wait to kind of scratch the surface and, and really dig into Tim Ferriss as an entire series of episodes. I can't wait to really delve into, into the man, into the Ferris wheel. Ah, too good, too good, touche. And that'll get us ever so close to our 100th episode, which is going to be huge. But there's plenty, plenty more left in the Moonshots podcast. So, Mark, I want to say a big thank you to you. I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We're ever so grateful for people from all over the world joining in to our adventures, learning out loud and really challenging ourselves to be the best versions of ourselves. And today we learned that it's all about staying in the fight because the truth really is we often give in to our lazy gene and give up on our dreams, but we don't have to because we're so much better than we could ever imagine. So if we just control our mind, if we use some of the greatest practices like journaling, we can unleash some of that potential on the world and have some positive impact. And those missions are not easy. 
not easy at all. So we're going to encounter challenges and suffering, but if we have the right mindset, if we're resilient, we can adapt and overcome. And every step of the way, keep going because you know that there is power from still being in the game, from not giving up. And that's the gift that we had today with David Goggins here on the Moonshots podcast. That's a wrap.